the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Show. I am one of your amazing co-hosts. My name is Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. I am joined by my amazing co-hosts, Eric Pelleman and Bridget McDowell. We are all pretty tired. Um, I think all of us at some point were at TCO Stadium. So, um, True. Yeah. Yeah. How you guys doing? How'd you wake up? I'll let Bridget go. Uh, late and tired. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I slept in a little bit too. I mean, sleeping in for me is what, 6 o'clock? No, I was going to say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go run in a cemetery at 6 30 in the morning in the middle <laughs> I mean, of a that's, place that's that I've never been to. Too. Yeah. He's like, He's like you. You'll be the one. Had, you, you you'll be the one that makes like a uh, um, a trip around the United States, just hopping to cemeteries, just so you can run through them. I totally can see that as a thing. I can also see that <laughs> as a Netflix series. So, I had a little insomnia actually. I don't. I don't usually have trouble sleeping, but uh, uh, for whatever reason, I I don't know. I woke up in the, like one thirty and couldn't get back to sleep, so I like walked around the house for a while and laid down on the couch and I just I was I was up for like a solid hour then I think like 2 30 2 45 I finally made it back in and went to sleep it's weird no I we like literally we got home and it was past midnight and I said good night and I took off but I didn't put, put I didn't put my uh my Brazil pajama shirt on um well there's you your know, first mistake that's yeah, that's the yeah. problem right there Yep. I mean, it was dirty. Anyone where America can make it more dirty and sweaty and stuff. So that's just, you know, I figured I, I, I give it a break. And then, you know, I just, I literally just knocked out. But uh, Nubia complained a lot because she said I was twitching and whining like the dogs do when they're sleeping. And then that was <laughs> so apparently I was doing something. Um, but yeah, no, we should be. Uh, it, was, it was great um, being able to see some of you. Um, and just being able to be there. So um, should yeah. we start with Aurora then? or We should. We should definitely start with Aurora. I think that's a great idea. Um, let's back it up a little bit and talk about the semifinal that we had uh, with <laughs> autocorrect always plays tricks on me. It's McLean, not McCain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, they played on when was that on Wednesday? I can't remember. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. What what are weeks? What is time? Uh, so last Sunday, a week ago, that was a fun match. Um, one nil is the final. Uh, I, I don't know where you all wanna wanna kind of start or break this thing down. I, I just put in here Aurora were pretty aggressive on the attack immediately. Um cat rap. It was I put cat rap versus everyone because a lot of times it felt like she was basically <laughs> taking on 
the entire 10, 10 uh, woman squad of McCain out there and just burning through everyone. It was pretty awesome to watch. Um, one thing I did notice, and, and Rodrigo, I was sitting with you, we were talking about this, was the speed of their forward. It was one or two of their forwards. Like they had some wheels and they were getting down to the uh, opposite end very fast, causing a little trouble for the defense. Yeah, I mean, they they played a, a, a really good counterattacking uh, team, and that's what they were doing a lot, was just trying to get that ball. Um, I, I, I thought the game was pretty even, but you could totally tell that Aurora, once got comfortable, was just pushing all the front to try to get a goal. And I think that's uh, that was pretty, pretty, pretty deep. I think it was a pretty fair result. So I thought it was, it was good to be able to do that. It's very tough to grind out a one nothing win, <laughs> especially when you score. What is it like in the fifty first minute, right? And that was, of yep. course, super sub Turner, um, who shot it. It was a low ball, I think, at the keeper, and the keeper just couldn't 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 fully grasp the ball, and it just kind of rolled in afterwards. And I think a goal is a goal, but I thought overall it was pretty good, pretty good, um, pretty good game. Agreed. Um, super entertaining, as always. Lots of fun. Uh, supporters doing their thing. And uh, that sets up what we had yesterday for the final. Um, we, we learned shortly thereafter that it would be Tormenta FC from southern Georgia. And I can't remember the name of the town. Um, it's not Atlanta. It's, it's actually over there closer to the... Uh, South Carolina border, if I'm not mistaken. Bridget, do you remember the name of the the town in Georgia where they're from? Sorry, I missed the question. I had to wrangle a That's cat good. out of not a room. problem. No, no. We're trying to remember the name of, of wherever they're it's southern Georgia. They, they say for Tormenta FC. Do you remember the name of the actual yeah, town? Yeah, they're um no, give me a second. I know it's closer to the Carolina border. It's not like Atlanta. Yeah, it's kind of like it's out right. in the it's out in the suburbs. Just yeah. There keep, you go. Keep talking and I'll get it for you. Sure. It's not extremely important, but but they did make a trip. They had to make a you know a bit of a jump to come here as we were hosting. Um before I go there, let, let we let's mention really quick that uh coach uh Lukic Lukic, Lukic right is how we say it. Yep. Yep. She she wins coach of the year uh for Minnesota Aurora, so good on her. Parabéns, congrats. Um so we can jump to yesterday. We have the First ever USLW final hosted here, uh, hosted by Aurora there in, at TCO. Uh, I, I didn't realize there were 40 teams. That's, that's kind of incredible. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome just to be there in general. But when you think about all the divisions and all the conferences, 40-something, 40, 40 right? There's more than 40 teams, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty cool. So to think that it comes down to just these two and the kind of the season that both of them have had, um, we also had another record TCO. I mean, they always say sell out, sell out, sell out. Similarly, like Allianz does when there's empty seats all well, over they, the place. Go ahead. No, they, they actually count, you know, the number of tickets, uh, tickets, that, are, yes. that are checked. That, I'm sorry. Tickets checked at the gate. Not, I mean, Allianz just counts the number of tickets sold. Um, right. they've, they've actually been given more tickets each game. So yeah. that's that's why these numbers seem a little odd. So yeah, last night six thousand four hundred eighty nine 
that's yep. the allotment was bumped up from 6,200 to 6,500 for this wow. match. Which is badass. I mean, that, that just shows everything we've talked about on this program, the, the demand for women's sports and yeah, that's it. The end. Yeah. No, it I was, mean, they, it was they started off, you know, selling out the 5,200 tickets that the, uh, that the complex allowed them to sell. Um, they got, they got the bump up to 6,200 and managed to, to sell them every single time and, and got the bump to 6,500 too, and, and did the same thing standing room only. So yeah, it was awesome. Yes. It makes me wonder what the Vikings people are thinking. Cause no doubt a lot of the people that, that work the money and have no idea or had no idea that it was going to be successful are now probably looking their chops and thinking, okay, <laughs> so something's happening here and we need to like, we need to roll with it, whether that's adding well, they, more seats or go ahead. I mean, they, they've been watching the games. They, they set up, yeah. they set up the offices are behind uh, the revontalate section there. Um, and last night there's a, there's that deck um, kind of at the bottom of, at the bottom of the U of the stadium, there's like a patio mm-hmm. up on the roof uh, and that's like the owner's box. Uh, and there were like 20 people up there last night watching. Okay. They they stayed up there for the entire game. So, um, yeah, the Vikings are excited. They, I mean, they've been really big supporters of of the team, and I think that partnership is going to continue. Um, yeah. And especially with with the success that they've seen, and and uh, I mean, the first three times that they've seen their stadium, their training stadium, but still, it's an NFL training stadium. First three times they've seen them sold out was, you know, for a women's soccer game. So, yep. yeah, proof. 100%. And, I, and I think it's, yes, the drive might be a bit for people, but at the same time, I think just, I don't know if you're going to find a better facility at the moment that's uh, going to let you do what they want you to do, right? I think that's the thing that's the most important at the moment is just um, find if, um, find a place that, that, that will accommodate not only a good number of people, but also be able to have vendors and also be able to sell. And liquor, a live right? stream. Yep. And live stream yep. and all the other stuff. So I think. You know, it's say just, it's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it. No, finish I'm, I was just going to finish my thought saying, you know, I think it's, it's like, like I was at the beginning, I was apprehensive, but just overall, you guys know my feelings on turf and all the other stuff, but overall, I think, you know, I, I honestly can't think of a better situation, honestly, unless what Allianz is going to be too expensive, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, um, and just overall, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not necessarily the drive as much as it is traffic flow. Once, once you're in and getting in and getting out, actually not even getting in, getting in is usually pretty easy. Getting out is the nightmare. Um, but then the other aspect of it is construction. And that's not in anybody's fault. That's not the team's fault. That's not the location's fault. That's just MnDOT just tearing up the that's, city every summer and having to deal with it. That's the, the standard Minnesota expectation. But exactly. I mean, they're, and, exactly. and I mean, the team, the, the Vikings and the complex haven't really had to deal with those, those crowds yet. So, I mean, it, right. it took them a couple of games, but uh, last night went, fairly smoothly they i mean they knew to open the satellite lot they knew to you know have have some extra 
extra gates open or extra security right. lines to, to get people moving through. So um, that it'll grow with time. I mean, you, you yep. really don't know like what to expect. Um, we've, we've seen the same thing at Allianz where, you know, they, That's... they close two of the four gates and um, not expecting people to be flowing yeah. in and then you're not More getting like anyone in until lines. like, yeah, right, exactly. and then you're not getting in until exactly. halftime. Like it, it happens everywhere. Exactly. It's a uh, growing pains and now they know. Um, yep. And I'm sure they'll be fine tuning. I'm sure many notes have been taken the last month uh, for next yeah. season. So. I'm only bummed because even if I wanted to bike, I couldn't bike because all the routes are direct are connected to some of those bridges that are all closed. And again, no fault of the teams, no fault of the stadium, just construction. So it's just like, it sucks. But again, it's, it's in the grand scheme of things. It's a, it's a smaller minor thing <laughs> that I'm kind of willing to eat. And accept I mean, I'd, I would rather drive there than to Blaine honestly mm. and i'm i'm mm-hmm. closer to blaine technically than i am to egan but um yeah it's a it's a lot smoother just getting in and out of there i mean if you're if you're going uh if you're going west on 694 when you leave you're going to be sitting in a line for a while i kind of like it because no one else is going east um yeah. so i get out of the, once i get through that line i'm good but um yeah i mean it's the the entire area's kind of picking things up and it's it's still under development that whole sure. um that whole complex and um some of the the side streets around there so uh all right we're we're we're, we're circling around and trying to avoid actually talking about this match we have to talk about this match guys <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your uh, question like 10 minutes ago um tormenta comes from statesboro georgia thank which you. is kind of a, a out in the middle of nowhere um and i have a quote from from the other goalkeeper from after talking about the significance of that. Um, don't know if we want to skip right to that, but um, shoot, why not? <laughs> it already so, happened. It's in the past. Yeah. So golden glove goalkeeper for Tor- Tormenta, Sydney Martinez um, voted MVP of the match as well. Um, she was saying after, after the game that, I mean, this is, this is huge for, we talk about this being big for women's soccer in Minnesota, but Georgia has some of the same, um, kind of the same issues in terms of, you know, opportunities. And she was saying that, you know, coming from Statesboro, which is kind of a, a smaller, you know, out in the middle of nowhere kind of town in Georgia, um, no one really expects that they can do something like this. Um, so just like we see all the little girls at the at the Aurora games, you know, seeing that there is a path for them. Uh, it's, it's much the same thing for Georgia. No one really expects that they're going to get out of this town to, you know, play soccer um, at a high level other than, you know, perhaps college if they're able to go. But um, so it's, it's huge for them. Um, and it was, it was interesting because the head coach, uh, Jim Robbins uh, for Tormenta, he is coached at NDSU. He's coached around WPSL here through the Midwest. So um, there, there's a lot of crossover, you know, either either one of these teams, it's not like they're coming from a, like a women's soccer mecca, you know? Um, so it's pretty impactful either, either way. And of course, um, you know, it, it 
feels a little different when it's the visiting team who takes home the win um, with the two, one win over Aurora, but uh, you know, it's, it, it's a huge result. And I think the, the crowd speaks to that. Um, Robbins was very impressed with the crowd here in Minnesota and thought it was like the perfect place to have this match played um, because of the crowds. And they're, they're still not getting the crowds in Georgia either. I mean, Tormenta is, you know, much like Indy 11, they have the men's side, they have the academy side, a couple levels of men's. Um, and, and they're still not seeing quite that influx of, of fans and spectators. So uh, pretty special. What's the, uh, what's, is the men's league a USL also? Yes, I think there are yeah. okay. two. If you go to their website, they have more information. But yeah, it looks like they have several. They have a men's team and yeah. a women's team. So it, it took me like ten tweets last night to figure out that the women's team has a separate Twitter handle because most <laughs> most of the other teams just have the women's the women's tweets are housed under the men's, but they do have their own yeah. individual. Um, well, let's jump in a little bit to the some of the match highlights. Um, I was, I was actually, this is the first, this is like my, I think this is the fourth or fifth now that I've, I didn't get to go to like a lot of the earlier matches, but this is the first one of those five matches that I was actually on time to see kickoff for. So you're welcome. <laughs> I was there early. Wait, so you're for, the reason? For, that's what I, told, I told him, he texted me. He's like, I'm already in here. I said, turn around and go outside. Bridget had a good singer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, get out like, of here. Leave. Come back 15. <laughs> leave the stadium. Come back 15 minutes into the game after we've scored a goal or something. Yeah. Dude. Well, there we go. There, there, <laughs> there you tradition. go, Minnesota football uh, <laughs> listeners. That's that's the that's the reason because you know we we don't believe in you know. Oh, we're not, I'm, we're I'm not the hex, huh? at all. Yeah. I'm the hex. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of the hexes, and we didn't get a chance to really do a lot because in the seventh minute they scored right away. Um, you want to do you want to take this one, Rodrigo? How did this thing happen? I mean, it was kind of a kind of a little slop that got beat. You know, uh, I'm gonna be extremely honest with you. The merch table was swamped, and, and Isa wasn't able to attend because wanted to fulfill a dream that had been that she got denied seven years ago. So she decided to make an adult decision. I'm not saying it's the best adult decision, but she made an adult decision all on her own, and um. There were short staff and Elisa approached me if I could help out. And I literally spent the whole time there. So, Bridget, Bridget you. Take we it have another, <laughs> yeah, we have another one. <laughs> uh, so it came off of a, I believe it was a free kick. Um, and the initial kick, uh, Minnesota tried to clear it out. Um, eventually it fell to a Tormenta attacker um, who made the run in. Um, Ostrom just kind of lost track of her. Um, they're, they're fast and Ostrom's fast. Um, but I think Tormenta had a little bit more space than, than anyone really realized. So Ostrom loses track of her and she was able to take the shot. Um, Nyby yep. is the other player, Jada Nyby. Uh, she was able to take the shot. Um, Fuller was kind of, I don't know if she was just a, step over to the other side, not expecting it to come through that space. Um, that was exactly it. That's what I put in there. here. She, yeah. 
it, it all everything you just described happened in like two seconds it happened very fast yeah it was quick and I, and I and I think that Sarah Fuller normally would have gotten to it I think she was just she had weight on the wrong foot basically and by the yeah. time she was trying to transfer her weight the ball was already gone or the shot was already off um tough break yeah <laughs> really I mean, early it's, it's like the second or third time only that that they've gone down 1-0 early like first half yep. so and, and and credit to Tormenta because I watched them play Greenville and they are a very fast attacking team but they're also really great at rebounds like if you defend yeah. the shot you block it somehow um, they have the instinct to be right there and just to, to be able to put balls away and I think that's that's one of the things that we'll see throughout this game is just yeah, second chance. So many people into that 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when the well, first second shot chances. goes in. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that's that's credit to them. Um, but um, you know, we 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 gotta talk about also the, the Tormenta goalkeeper. Um God, just insane. Insane. Uh I mean, I think she is a couple inches shorter than Sarah Fuller, but you could not tell that on the field. Not but not by much. She's she's got long legs though and she Yeah, she's tall. And yeah, she was great. Played played amazingly. Everything that, that could go that that should go in and has gone in before it was not going in at all. Mm-hmm. Um it was just one of those games where where like you could do everything you wanted to do and it just it was a very I mean to, to be honest it was a, it was a very fair final I thought I thought both teams played hard both teams played pretty well I think Aurora the majority of the time was playing better it's just you know that 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 lack of finishing net in in the box that they got to but also a keeper just being able to do whatever they wanted to do and just be on their top game hence the you know the golden gloves and the MVP of yeah. the game I mean you don't you don't get that by by just sitting back there and letting your defense do the work, yeah. you actually have to do a lot of work and, and credit. And to it them. was, it was the most work that she said to do all season. Uh, Robin said after the game, yeah, she, she won the golden gloves, but um, she hadn't really been tested all that much. She hadn't faced that many shots. Um, so she really, I mean, she, she was named golden glove early, but she, she earned it last night yeah. Um, yeah. in that game. Yeah, so many, so many like goal line clearances and and like double saves, just the reflexes to to keep those out. Um, yeah, that one came late. Um, yeah. I was gonna back up still to the first half. Like, I I actually was very nervous through most of this first half because I was continually continually watching the Aurora midfield just be run over. Like you guys were talking about the speed and all the cuts and all the the little angles and movement they make and. And and to Rodrigo's point about about rebounds, there weren't necessarily rebounds, but just picks and dispossessions. There were so many, like I started to lose track. And when you start giving up balls like that or, or cutting cutting off passes and things, I mean, it, it's kind of amazing that they made it to halftime to just to tie it up and not down like two or three goals because there were a lot of midfield mistakes that Tormenta were all over. They, they were catching them. Um, but let's let's go to this tie though really quick before we get to halftime here. So Simmons in the 22nd minute, Golasto, way out. This this was kind of what finally seemed to wake everybody up. You know, it's really funny. I um there's a lady who was at the merch table and they were asking me about the difference between fitted and unisex t-shirts. And so like I brought some out 
And as I'm Brian Samad, I'm looking at the TV screen and I see the goal and I turn to her and I said, we scored. Look, look. She turned around. She looked at the score. We both jumped up and down. And I go, wait, I'm sorry. What, you, what did you want to get? I totally <laughs> forgot what I had to go do. And she's like laughing. And But no, I mean, that was that was a golazo. Oh, gosh, that was beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the replay and like I mean this game had everything I mean you had saves you had physical play you had everything I mean and then you know with that goal you you ended up having to go to extra time right I mean like everybody kept on asking about at the merch table I was like wait is it uh and Allie um oh I forget her name Allie um oh geez uh, one of the designers I believe um um uh, former gopher uh I can't forget. Um, um, right, man. That's what we do on this show. We forget yeah, names. Just, just forget names. Forget last names. Forget last year names. long deep tradition. Well, I was, I was, I was, I was surprised because she literally came to me and addressed me as on my first name basis, and I'd be like, "Wait, we've only like zoomed like maybe twice in a meeting." <laughs> it's like the fact that you remember my name. It was pretty cool, um, um, but. We were like talking about it. I was like, it's no golden rule. And then G gets into the comments. She's like, yeah, I kind of like the golden rule, though. You just score and then you're done. <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, I get it. Yeah. So we were all just talking about it. I was like, well, we got two 15s. You got 30 minutes to figure it out. Um, and man, were those some stressful 30 minutes. Uh, and you want to know how stressful it was and how much people were into the game. There was literally no line at the merch table. That's the first time yeah. I've walked by and like there was no line and everybody was in their seats watching for 30 minutes. Um, I only got to watch the second half of the extra time. That's when I decided that it I, I had to be over there. Yeah. And I and I got to sit with Santi. Um, and I think um, you know, I think that to me was the most beautiful thing was to see so many young kids uh just be enthralled by the whole thing, not only the signs, but also just the amount of kids at these games mm-hmm. was so, so needed and so well-deserved. And I don't, I, I can go on and on and, and get into semantics and all that stuff, but it's just, it, 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 it does the heart good um, to be able to be surrounded by that kind of atmosphere and environment. Um, regardless of the of, of the result and i think that was one of those things that that really um was was beautiful i think and one of the things was just you know we we get to um what what second extra time and there's that pk um um handball in the box and right there and then when uh the tormenta keeper was able to block that i was like it was one of those where like, wow, you know, we might go to PKs. And, and honestly, it was one of those where like, you really didn't want to go to PKs because PKs Stop, blocks the shot and blocks the rebound. Two yeah. In a row. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You, you, you're killing my chronology here, Rodrigo, but that's okay. You, you're just, you're just going to skip over the fact that the assistant coach gets red carded and booted in the 78th minute. That, that was an amazing <laughs> moment of theater. <laughs> I love no, it so I, much. I, 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 like, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. And I was like, I was like, wait, what did he do? And I'm assuming it's descent or accumulation of yellow cards. I wasn't sure. So it, Bridget yeah, knows. Yeah. Well, not really. Um, we never did figure out what he said, but yeah, there must have been um, a first yellow 
Um, he was doing a lot of talking down on the sideline. Um, so a center official comes over and has a little chat with him and shows him another yellow and then pulls out, pulls out the red and sends him off. Uh, Good. We were trying to mark from equal time and, and I were trying to watch the replay and, and lip read, but we, we couldn't figure out what he was saying. Um, he, he took a sweet time walking off that it was kind of funny and then he kept peering over the side did you hear the we can still see you clap clap <laughs> clap 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 because you don't like keep looking over oh <laughs> uh, he uh so so after the game i i was walking down to the pitch and i i took kind of the, the around the building route down and and he was he was down by the uh the entrance to the locker rooms um like facetiming with somebody and and pacing and he kept trying to see over the wall like over the staircase and he's like I, I just want to find out if they'll let me go out and get my medal they did not let him onto the field until long Amazing. after the ceremonies awesome. were over that, that like was, we were was... yeah we were wrapping up um interviews and uh one of the the league employees with this <laughs> with this suit that's and, awesome suit and earpiece like walked oh. with him out to center field to to pick up his medal so that is awesome. they, uh, <laughs> they, they did not they, they did not let it go so yeah i don't I, way to go league i need to Here figure out that's, that's i need to figure out what exactly yes good job usl that's um that's let's let's also point out three of the four refs at this game are women the yep, only man yeah. on the only man on that field was the fourth official. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing that was lovely. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, cause, cause we've seen a few crews where it's, you know, one or two women, mm-hmm. um, usually like sideline, uh, but to, or line judge, but you know, to have all three on the pitch be, be women was a, a, a good touch by the league. They're, they're not messing we, around. We all know so. that the assistant referee just, you know, was inquiring if the referee had any great poupon. That's literally what the conversation <laughs> was about. <laughs> that or, you know, why can't they get better, better, better food or whatnot at the stadium? I don't know. Or maybe, you know, I know what it really was is the fact that there aren't any um, changing tables in the men's room for, for, for baby changing stations. Yes. I think that was yes. what the discussion oh, was. That's what it is. That's what it was. Totally had to be and, and the center official called BS on that conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, like, out of here. Up. Take a walk. <laughs> uh, well, Tormenta, like as we alluded, they score in the in the second of these extra times. Twenty uh, fifth. This, this was this was also a broken play, wasn't it? Like a miss. Uh, no, it was. Uh, it was, it was a clear. It was a clear. It was. It was the second shot. It was a second chance. It was a clear. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. And then yeah. the same person that scored the first goal, I believe, scored the second, right? Is that true? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and it was a – and I don't know um, if Fuller just didn't see it again, but the reaction it, for her yeah. was slow. And so – and, and yeah, matter she of fact, was, was, she was I'm prepared sure. to, to go the other way, much, much like that first one where she, you know, weighed on the wrong foot. Um, yep. it was far to her left and she started going there. And I think she might've also thought that it was going to go wide, um, and just wasn't as quick on it. Uh, so yeah, it goes in right past her. Um, and, and she knew like, as it, as it crossed the line, uh, 
could see kind of that moment where she realizes, nope, that's that's definitely in and not going to get to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, two two really tough conceded goals, but uh, really, I mean, not much that she could have done about either. I think that second yep. one was probably would have been an easier save for her. Like that first one, she couldn't do anything like we already said, but um, yeah, those were tough. There's so and, much more to say, but yeah. oh, really no, say just saying, it just goes, it just goes to Tormenta's <laughs> credit of how like we talked about how they crowd the box if there's someone, you know, they follow, follow their shots or someone else follows a shot. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, that has to be ingrained and it has to not only practice, but just become part of a, a team culture to do that and and here we see it we see it uh twice you know really be the thing that makes it the difference right i think that's and and it's not something that aurora's really had to deal with all season i mean we like we talked about with martinez not having to to make any big saves all season i mean aurora's been in pretty much the same same place uh the McLean mm-hmm. game was you know exactly the kind of opponent that they needed to kind of test that out going into uh going into a final um right but yeah it's i mean they're a completely different team than than what aurora's faced the entire season so i would just mention too that uh wind goes off limping in about the 84th so hopefully um she's okay and not too serious of a knock um probably got uh college stuff coming up i'm guessing two but, of the, uh, two of the girls who go to south dakota had to they they're due to report in in like an hour uh oof. 12 12 30 on, on sunday um Dang. so i know they they had to uh you know make make their exits fairly quick and get home yeah. and get some sleep to jump in the car to go four hours to yeah. check in at preseason camp but for college that's a quick turnaround no kidding Yikes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is, it, yeah Yikes. there's no there's no rest i think a lot of yeah. a lot of players after the game and we were one of the few fortunate people that got to do the, the staff and family of staff kind of like parties so we got to um i got to drink beer for free so that was good i got to eat some food but <laughs> we also got to hang out with the players right and so like we you know and they were just like acting like regular people like yeah there's sarah fuller oh look there's there's my wing i was like oh there's there's look i, I found maya's mom i was like i was like it's like it's like well like i was like wow this this is really cool you know and then um you know they gave out awards and everything else um and i think the awards part was probably the best um just because it was from the uh founding partners um that they gave awards for everyone and it, it's just really like it accentuated the the feeling this whole season like everyone was thankful for everything right because at the beginning we didn't know what we were going to get right we didn't know if Aurora was going to be a, a decent team sure we all wanted it to four be. months ago yeah four months ago we didn't know what we we're going to get right we saw the first game against Green Bay we're like oh this might be you know, this might be, you know, middle of the pack type of team. And after that, it was, you know, the coaching staff, everyone believing in the system, everyone believing in what they, what this team had when they didn't have a stadium to practice at and trying to recruit and all that stuff. I mean, we've all, we've all heard the stories. We've seen it. Um, you know, I'd rather lose an extra time than losing PKs. I'll tell you that much. 
because PKs is just sometimes draw the luck, right? Who can? Yeah, I, I agree. I rather I rather have get beat a by a team that actually you know beat beat you than actually do that. But regardless, you know it's it's hard to swallow. But overall, I mean, the people who stayed after were just amazing. Um, yeah, and it, it, overall, it's you know hard to swallow, but still just. You know, we were there at the end, Bridget, too. It's just like it, you can feel nothing but pride and admiration for this team and everything they've accomplished. And again, going back to that sellout number and all the things they've done, it's incredible. Congrats to Tormenta for getting the cup. Uh, guess what? It's going to be ours next year. Bring it in. Let's do it. Otra vez. Um, so congrats to Minnesota Road and, and a phenomenal, just out of this world. It's, it's, it's the most season. fun I've had cheering and, 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 and uh, heckling probably since the Nessie days right so i think that's that's and i think everyone around us uh the revon to and everyone else who's been helping out in the back scenes i think you know they do they do an amazing job and i think overall i you know it was probably it's a highlight of the summer so cool well let's burn through some of these other ones quickly here a pretty big Aurora segment. Uh, some MLS news, Tati Martinez heading to Girona, Girona in La Liga. They are recently bought by the uh, Manchester City football group. So the idea is maybe he'll help spend a year there in La Liga and then get bumped up to Man City. Who knows? Or, or maybe he'll just stay there and do his thing. Uh, we kind of all expected this. It was actually kind of surprising that he stayed this year as long as he has. But he's off. To Hirona, so good on him. Finally, uh, the, the finally, worst right? flopper, the worst flopper in MLS. Will not worst be no flopper, but flopper. but a ridiculous striker. I mean, he does his job though too. So yeah, whatever. Good riddance, dude. For for a team that's never had a striker, he's a striker. We could you know we could use a dedicated striker. We can talk about that later, but I'm 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 happy he's done. <laughs> um. We'll talk about the Minnesota friendly. There were friendlies all over the place this this week with different uh, European clubs coming in. The one that really caught my eye: uh, Charlotte FC hosted Chelsea, and it went. They ended one one in regular time with Pulisic scoring for one of the for for Chelsea, but then it goes to penalties. Charlotte FC knocks out Chelsea five to three. Did not that see that one coming? Could not I have predicted that. I don't understand why friendlies cannot. And then a tie. So what was the point of PKs? Like I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Great question. I think I don't understand I don't what's the point of having a friendly if you're gonna go to PKs. Like, I'm, I, yeah, like that. That just totally it's the like, show, man. Got to put on the show. I, I get you. Get I, I get that you get money, right? Uh, and we can talk about the the United um, friendly uh, as well mm-hmm. too, but. But you run the risk of, of injury. You run the risk of everything. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a good segue. Let, let's just let's just go there because Minnesota United hosts Everton. Um, it's all played out now that, of course, they smoke them 4-0, which it was hilarious listening to Roger on Men in Blazers because being the Everton guy, like he's like, yay, we're the first team relegated from MLS. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but as you're alluding to, Rodrigo, uh, as, as good as Minnesota looked, Reynoso gets injured. Right. And then and then one of my favorite players and a person that is out at community events without people asking them to, right? Uh, um, Corey Hayes is, is part of that group of uh, DSC and DJ Taylor that just 
like to hang out with each other and they go to community events or they show up and do stuff that I'm not sure if they're being asked by the team, but it doesn't feel that way to me. Uh, but he got, oh, yeah, he, got he, yes, he, yes. he had a fracture of his tibia, I believe, uh, in a collision with uh, what's the Everton player? Someone. Eliali. Yeah. Right. Oh. And so now he's out for the season. So then there you go. Right. We already thin at uh, the midfield sense, you know, Ariaga still coming back. Uh, we don't know when we'll see um, our captain will trap, right? The hammy, right? And then uh, you just got Rosales, right? And you have Lud and um, and then, you know, you know, that's where your, your, your deep bench has to come in, right? So that you have the Nico Hansons of the world and the uh, Kevin Gucci's maybe of the world and maybe um, other players, right, that have been on the uh, on, on the reserve team just need to be able to just step up. But overall, I mean, I don't I don't comprehend. Like you put your like I understand playing your team, putting a good show the first half. I don't understand why friendlies, besides the money, are such a big deal. Like like it does not matter to me personally what the score is. But what always makes me afraid is someone's gonna get injured. And here we have two. Right. I mean, if this 4-0 got us to a, I don't know, CONCACAF's uh, champions, uh, you know, draw, then sure. Right. There's there's no then, incentive. Then, there's, yeah. there's that. But like when you do that and then and then, then you got two injuries now, like I get injuries are part of the game. I just don't see I don't see how that's even worth it, to be honest. Well, on the other side of it, too, everybody say, oh, we're better than a Premier League team. I was just like, no, nah, like these Premier League teams, this is their preseason. They're still working everything out. It's it's kind of meaningless to them. And in, in a way they pro- probably shouldn't even be playing the MLS, but have been going for a while. They should find a league that's just starting so that they can just, you know, knock it around and each have like 10 substitutions and figure out what they're doing. Well, Go ahead, Bridget. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's not necessarily for, you know, the, the player's development, that's kind of secondary to, um, you know, doing, doing your marketing tour of the, of the U S um, they, they do preseason games, you know, with within the league, within um, throughout Europe games that, you know, teams that they might actually face at some point. Um, right. But this is more of a kind of an exhibition thing uh, and player development and getting those minutes is kind of secondary. I mean, you, you wouldn't know that looking at some of Frank Lampard's quotes following, following the game. Um the, the other side of this is it's Heath's former team. And I think there was perhaps a little pride element in there too. Rolling out his best 11, going, really going for it. Um, and of course the, the MLS team that's, you know, in season and fit is going to be playing a little bit different than, than the premier league side. That's, you know, just not even close to being in form yet. Um, we've, We've been that other team plenty of times. Uh, going back to say NASL, and I know the first couple of seasons with MLS, we saw uh, you know Minnesota go down to play like Costa Rica, um, and and South American teams that were in season. So. Indeed, indeed. Um, let me mention this one really quick. So uh, the women's team, 
they did their whatever it's called. We talked about it last week. Um, CONCACAF Women's Championship thing that qualifies for things. <laughs> that's that's the technical term. Um, we already knew they were in for the World Cup. They, they played Canada in the final. They beat Canada 1-0, so that qualifies them for the Olympics. Uh, on the other side, for third place, Jamaica beat Costa Rica 1-0. So now Canada and Jamaica will play for that, that other Olympic spot, right? I'm pretty sure we worked this out last week. Hey, I got it. Yes. Nailed it. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's go to Minnesota United yesterday. They were in Houston. Uh, we may or may not have allegedly just watched highlights before this. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, Minnesota gets a win away. It's good. Two to one. Uh, really, really kind of strung together lineup because of all the injuries we just mentioned. Uh, so Kimiguchi gets a start in midfield. And so you, and so you have a other line with, uh, how did it work? It was Fragapane, Rosales, and Bongi with Amaria up top. So kind of a bit of a different look. But uh, I'll throw it to you two who, if you guys want to talk a little bit. Got, we got some pretty sweet goals out of this thing. Like, they were impressive goals. I mean, I, I always thought, like, I've had conversations with people, and I've seen Kevin Gucci play, like, defense. And I actually wanted him more to play as a CDM type of role, like in the midfield, just because Kevin Gucci has a has a motor to run everywhere <laughs> and be everywhere. And a defense, like as a center back, you cannot you cannot do that because you'll get you'll get pulled every time and maybe play out of position. So that's something that if they are trying to make him do, um, needs more discipline in. But I thought you know. Um, I actually, I was, I was impressed, you know, because we, we always have the, the revenge thing with Darwin Quintero. Um, he always wants to play good against us, which should, he should. And just overall, um, I think our defense held, I think that was pretty much the, the majority of it. Our defense played really well. DJ Taylor had, I, I don't know. I think DJ Taylor has grown to be someone you can't bench anymore or have a sub in, in, into it. I think, um, that really plays in specifically with the new signing of, of Alain Benitez, who is getting some time. It it, it it gives some relief for players like DJ Taylor's flexibility for our fullbacks, right? Because O'Neal Fisher can play either both, but O'Neal Fisher has usually been coming in for Lawrence whenever he gets super tired out. And I think it, it, it creates that balance that we've been looking ever since losing uh, Metanier for I don't know how much longer and losing Chase. Uh, it, that backline is beginning to, to work decently again. Uh, and I thought Kevin Gucci, you know, had had some had some had some bright spots, had some ouchy moments, but overall, you know, we're playing the kids, and I can't really, I can't really that I I have to commend uh, Lude's defensive work as of lately, the last couple of games. He's throwing his body out there. He's throwing elbows out there. I'm sure he'll 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 uh, tombstone pile drive someone before the end of the season and. We'll we'll all be here for it, right? Um, but his 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 vision in the midfield, I think, has really become um, really indispensable. But I also think that uh, if you were to vote who the MVPs are of this team right now, if it isn't Lude or DSC, um, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it would be. And I know some people will be like, "Oh, it's right now." So I was like, "Yeah, well." He should have been that. 
<laughs> listeners, please do some research and send Rodrigo uh, finish pro wrestler options so he can have something to reference. <laughs> um, let's talk about, uh, I mean, Bongi had a hell of a match. Uh, let's talk about this Fragapane goal because Bongi sets this thing up as they're, as they're coming down. Beautiful pass that splits the D, gets the keeper to come off his line. It, it, this is a straight come bowl. Uh, Rodrigo, you call it the Liga Argentina goal. I mean, yeah, he just gets to like, uh, as the ball's coming in, keeper's coming out, beats the defenders, spins the ball around and has an open goal. I mean, right. I mean you'll, you'll love to see it. We've all seen Bongi develop, right? And I think that's one of the things that we, we love at. And he usually loves to go down the wing, right? That's his thing. But in this one, he takes the ball and he cuts inward towards Fragapane. And so then, then that really puts the, the pressure on the center backs. Do they pull mm-hmm. out to try to make him stop? Or do, do they wait to see what Fragapane is, right? And um, at one point, they have to make a decision. They sort of pulled out. And at that point, um, Bangi played the ball, ball through. And Fragapane was, you know, who's had many situations, 1v1 versus goalkeeper, who's not been really well. He was able to take it out wide and then and, and then cross Worth it, cross it yep. into the goal. So so that's good. I mean, because usually when Fragapane is 1v1, your odds of scoring are, you know, 25% most of the time. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so so that, that was great. That was a great goal. But Bongi, you know, was that. And then... You know, the at the 75th minute, we've all been cheering to happen at Allianz. Finally happens. I think Nico Hansen... <laughs> happens away! Uh, Nico Hansen is able to get the ball out wide to Bongi. Bongi literally must have been watching Reynoso make those cuts inside, right? And makes that cut inside and just lets the ball go. Keeps and it nice and low. Nice and low. Beautiful shot. I mean, that was awesome. We all wanted to yep. cheer Bongi go and, and he yeah, got to him. do it. Long so, time coming. Yeah, and my then, favorite uh, part about this too is he he gives the uh, defender a little love shove to kind of like break, give him a little bit of space before he hits it. He's like little little push, <laughs> little Heisman pose. Yeah, little Heisman pose. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's good. No, that's great. Okay, yeah, and then Pico, I think, like 80, 85th minute, beautiful shot, cuts inside up top of the box, shoots, beats uh beats the DSC and we're able to grind a 2-1 win fortunate at times but an away wins an away win and now I think we're sitting in third uh yeah this, this is bananas so Dallas also won against Salt Lake Seattle 2-1 over Colorado um Chicago had a win but that doesn't matter too much for us well t- it keeps Vancouver down 3-1 over Vancouver Portland wins 2-1 over San Jose so yes your table is like this. Minnesota at 34, Salt Lake at 33, Dallas at 32, Nashville 31, Portland 30, Seattle Sounders 29. So it is tight, tight, tight right now. There's going to be a lot of fluctuation over the next month or so, I would imagine. Um, let's take a little international break. Rather, we'll take this break and we'll do some internationals. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. All right. Um, now let's, uh, let's tackle this whole like international soccer thing that seems to be a popular thing now in the world, right? 
you get to start, Rodrigo. This this is yours. Uh, what happened in Milan? It was a little little crazy. Oh, oh, we're talking about um, oh, ba- Bakayoko. Yeah, Bakayoko. So, so apparently, from there's this video. Uh, I found that on El Grafico, um, but it was on Twitter. So apparently, uh, Milan police were seen uh, taking and patting down and somewhat arresting a uh, French player, place for. Um, Milan uh, Bakayoko. Um, there's video of them frisking him and put him against the car, searching him uh, until weapons uh, drawn too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, weapons drawn too. Pretty bad. Until they realize that he actually plays for the home team, and then the demeanor totally changes, right? Um, and the reason apparently was because there was a, a shooting within the area and apparently he must have met some sort of, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo was being subtle. There, there was a black dude driving by. That's basically what it was. And probably, the cops are like, Oh, know. there's our guy. No, it's, it's just one of those uh, things yet. Yeah. I mean, sucks. by the way, this is our, this is our, this week in racism as well. Yep, it in yeah. There. I was like, I was like, wait, what? I was like, this is, this is so dumb. Right. And and, you know, it's like it we, we already know how Italian teams feel about diversity, like the supporter groups. Right. And one of the reasons I don't watch the league ever. Uh, um, so I being, being hashtag not all Italian teams. OK, so, well, <laughs> uh, one one injustice is injustice to all. So then one for all. I don't that, that league. Sure. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying. The one that rhymes with Lazio does a lot, but there's other ones that are doing other cool stuff too. Okay. Oh, oh you're a Fiorentina <laughs> fan. I see that now. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just one of these. Like, you know, you can watch it. I think we we tweeted it out. We'll probably retweet it out. But just just keep an eye out up for that. Uh, uh, you know, it's yes. it's just it's it's frustrating. It's it's unnerving. I wonder. Does does he get a press charges or anything? I wonder what. I don't know. I I have to. I'll follow up on the story and bring you guys an update. Yeah. But as far as I see, this is what's going on. I'm. The, he was released, right? Uh, quickly after, apparently not matching the description. Or like, I, I would have just loved to see what that description would have been like, right? You know. Uh, regardless, uh, right? Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad he's okay uh, because in, in in any other you know, flip of the coin or scenario this could have ended terribly and tragically. So at the very least, he's fine. Ah, love you though. All right, let's go to some more positive uh, and, and joyous things. This is the women's AFCON tournament. It is over, but backing up, we had our semifinals on Monday uh, where South Africa beat Zambia 1-0 and Morocco and Nigeria actually tied and went all the way to PKs and Morocco, the hosts, took it five to four on PKs. They also put out the uh, most historic attendance of a women's women's uh, football match in the continent of Africa, at over 45,000, which is am- amazing, just phenomenal. So then we, I can go to yesterday, in fact. Uh, I, I got this late because obviously we were all very busy with Aurora, um, but it happened right before that match. And your final of the entire tournament is South Africa two, Morocco one. So congratulations to South Africa. I, b- I believe this, this is the first ever, I'm pretty sure, right? Women's AFCON? I think so. Let, 
keep on talking. So I'll double check. Yeah, I want to say that it, it, it's the it's the first one, so they they get the first title, and uh, you know it, it it went very over very well. Morocco did a very good job, I will say, um, hosting it, putting it together. Um, it, it was tricky. I, I'd say their Instagram did a very good job getting out highlights and getting out uh, interviews and things like that. Um, so I'm glad that they used that avenue because I think the more formal venues sadly ignored it, which I guess isn't a terrible surprise for those of us that are interested in cover women's sports. Um, but, you know, thank you, Instagram or whoever for giving them the platform to get it out because I really enjoyed it. And I love it's It's worth watching all of the different like traditional dances and parties and things that all these teams do either in between or in this case, South Africa winning the whole thing yesterday. Like there's so many just awesome videos of everybody just getting down. <laughs> I tried to put a few of them up, but highly recommended, highly, highly recommended. So again, Parabéns, Africa do Sul, got it done. And Morocco, congratulations for being awesome hosts and making it to the final. So let's go to the Rodrigo. Yes, I see you. No, uh, it's um, I think it's the fourteenth. Um, it was first oh, started wow. in nineteen ninety one, but it was not held biannually until nineteen ninety eight. So, uh, yeah. So thank you. There you go. Yep. Uh, so let's go to the other one. This is the women's Euro. Considerably more press coverage. Go figure. <laughs> um, and we are down to I think the semis at this point. We had we had some really interesting quarterfinals. Uh, Wednesday, England and Spain played. Um, this is in Extra England. Extra time. Sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. This thing, I, I went back and watched some of the highlights because I didn't realize that Spain basically had this English team, the home team, on their heels for the better part of 90 minutes. Um, they were the better team. They scored early. Uh, kind of similar to what we were talking about with both uh, Aurora and Tormenta. Like, England hadn't really been challenged throughout this entire tournament. And this is the first time they actually had to deal with really good midfield and offensive pressure. And they pretty much collapsed in the first half and kind of started to get it together. Finally, in the second half, um, very late goal in the 84th minute. And then as Rodrigo alluded to there, it goes into stoppage time and Stanway scores a 96th minute goal to give England the win and a very huge, and a huge comeback. So they're into the semifinals. Yeah. Anything else to add there? I call this the colonizer derby, but I think you can call majority of the games in the Euros the colonizer derby. But um, <laughs> in general, yes, yeah, sadly true. The the way I saw this game is like a colonizer had to lose, and I was happy regardless who lost. Right, so makes me even happy at Spain. But you know, I'm biased. So, so so you're anti-Spanish even even on the women's side. You're just you're being consistent. I I. I have to be consistent, you know. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, Thursday, uh, we, we had the, the German-speaking quarterfinal, Germany versus Austria, and it was a pretty comprehensive German 2-0 victory. Um, the best part of this, I'm, I'm sure you all saw this, and listeners, if you have not, see if you can find the highlight of the Australian keeper restarting a ball, that is blocked by the German striker and flies straight back into the goal. Oh, what a highlight. <laughs> Bridget, you get to see this thing? I yeah. haven't, no. It's It's a rough one. It's a rough one. <laughs> uh, 
Friday, you had Sweden and Belgium. Uh, I haven't got a chance to watch this one yet, but it looks like it was a very evenly balanced match because this thing went all the way to stoppage time in the 92nd minute. Sweden finally scores and wins this thing 1-0. So you've got, uh, you've got England, Germany through, and Sweden as well. They're waiting on – got France and Netherlands tomorrow. Nope. No, they played already. Yeah, look that one up. Yeah, France Hold won. On. Thank you. France, yep, that's all I needed. So there you go. France is through. That's that's not surprising at all. So they're your quarterfinalists. Um, I don't know. Is is England going to take this thing on at, with with a home advantage? You think, or these are teams going to have something to say about it? A, I mean, Sweden has been pretty effective, and it wasn't until you know out of group stage that they. They've been challenged, so I think I think I think that's a good matchup for two teams that haven't been challenged as much. Um, that they have been able to do that. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, these are the powerhouses right now that are left out there. It's it's anyone's anyone's game, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if, if France pulls this out, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, you can make an argument for all the teams, to be honest. So. So we've got Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday the 26th, England, England and Sweden, and Wednesday the 27th, Germany and France. Yeah, I think you're right, Rodrigo. It's, it's a little hard to call. Um, let's do Copa America Feminina because we're also moving through things pretty quickly here as well. Um, Paraguay beat Ecuador 2-1. That ends up being a pretty important result. And Colombia 4-0 over Chile, which sends both of those teams through. Colombia go through on 12 points. Paraguay actually jumped like whoever won that match. Uh, rather, if Chile would have got some points, they would have been okay, but they did not. Paraguay beats Ecuador, so they actually jump on the table. So Paraguay is through. Kind of surprising. That's that's the big one. Um, no surprise. Sorry, Rodrigo. Brazil six nil over Peru. Yeah, same <laughs> and, with uh, Argentina one over Uruguay. Venezuela. Yeah, I mean there was. Yeah, I know. Like, I told got, you I wasn't going to watch. So. Nope. <laughs> um, so your your fifth place is going is Chile and Venezuela, and then your semis are Colombia versus Argentina and uh, Brazil and Paraguay. Those are let's see here tomorrow, tomorrow and Tuesday. Yeah. So and, and let's, both let's these hope, tournaments kind of wrapping up. Yeah, I I'd, I'd love to see a Colombia Brazil matchup. I think that would be that would be great. They are the only. See, they won all their matches, right? Both of them. Yeah. I think so. Yep, and won all their matches, both those. We'll see. I think it's cool that Paraguay kind of snuck in. I think they were kind of the sleepers, so good for them. Oh, I for me the um, surprise team for me was Venezuela. So, yep, yeah, yeah. So they get they get to go great. for uh yeah for the uh, fifth place, as it were. With, and against, let's just uh, hope Chile. that Coma Bowl um, shows some consistency and starts doing this as they said they would, right? Um, so we see this kind of competition more and more and, um, you know, players get to develop and all the other stuff. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. A little more, a little more funding, a little more media coverage, a little more, all the things that the, the other men's cycle, but many could get. Um, did you all know that, uh, Las Vegas is apparently the, the new standard, uh, location for El Clasico? Because I just learned that about, you know, ten hours ago. <laughs> Las, Las Vegas held the first El Clasico of the year. Because that's what we do now, apparently. 
Yeah, that was. Yeah, I love it. It's just silence. <laughs> no, I, w- I was trying to come up with a really bad dad joke, but all I can say is that's that's a gamble that worked in Barcelona's favor, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was kind of confused because uh, Cal Williams was talking about you know going out to commentate, and then he posts a picture flying into Vegas. I was like, "What? Pull, pull the, on the heck slots. are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing flying over Vegas?" Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barca pulls it off one nil with a. It's a it's a fun Jafinho goal. If you didn't see it, just, I, I get, we talked about all those uh, dispossessed. Uh, moments that we had in the Aurora match. This was something similar where he just completely picks off a pass and just has a clear shot. And the only it. Barcelona the friendly goal? the only Barcelona friendly game that mattered to me was watching Inter Miami totally get destroyed yes. by Barcelona. We talked about that last <laughs> week. Yeah, yeah. But that was so uh, much fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> Damian Lowe needs to find his soul. Poor guy. Uh, Paul, <laughs> or, or just go back to, I don't know, a USL team or something like that. He's like, the look at his face where like he did that turn it was just like oh wow yeah. that that's in fact where the soul leaves his body i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd see it just float um good stuff to end on i thought uh this is i was talking to my brother-in-law uh lambo field hosted uh well, again we have all these friendlies happening all over the country right now from all the big european clubs so they had manchester city and bayern munich 78,000 something sold out Lambeau Field, which I don't think I could have predicted a couple years ago, let alone like five years ago. That's pretty phenomenal. So good on them. I kind of want to maybe do that sometime. That sounds that sounds awesome. <laughs> well done, Wisconsin. You won't hear that very often on this show, but well done. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Green Bay of all places, but yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and by far the best thing so far this week. I hope you all got to see this co-host and hopefully <laughs> listeners. If not, I'll repost it because it's worth it. Uh, in the uh, Argentine Primera, uh, racing and Independiente played, and there is a player just jogging, trying to get back at spot, it, get back to his place, and he goes down. And if you go, if you watch it fast, you're just like, dude, what happened? There's no players around. There's no other like. Uh, uh, there was no attack or push or anything. No, a supporter threw a fish and hit <laughs> dude square in the face. <laughs> and down he went. Oh it my is, God. It is the best. <laughs> the only place so, I thought this clear- might happen. It was in Seattle, right? But like, clearly, I need to repost this clearly. if you guys did get to see oh, it. I did not oh, see it. Yeah, oh my God. This is a great it's ending. Oh my god, I'm laughing. Yep. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to find that and repost it. That's that's hilarious. That, yep. That's one of the reasons why you have to like the Argentine league has like really like craziest things happen. We had the drone incident, yep. right? Remember that? We did. We've had you know all the all the racist people that don't know they're on TV and then get caught, right? Yes, and then and then you have situations where like you know someone throws a fish. <laughs> How do you sneak a fish into the supporter section? <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, maybe maybe this going into MGN on territory. So maybe it's somebody like at the stadium, like working one of the booths or something like that. He's just like, you know what? They have a they have a little leftover at concessions. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> He's gonna make some fish tacos out of this halibut. 
with that defender. Over at the Metrodome, who was the who was the guy that kept on doing the popcorn as the vendors like like walking up on the aisles? You guys oh, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't remember the name, but I, I imagine it was one of those vendors that just got sick and tired and just chucked something at them. <laughs> you know, it's instead of throw awesome. me a beer, throw awesome. me a fish. Fish is refreshing when it hits you in the face, by the way, apparently. Yeah. I, your, your Seattle comment is on point, though, too, Rodrigo. It's kind of amazing considering there's an entire culture out there of. Right. Of the I mean, if anyone's like going to throw a fish, it has to be in Seattle, right? Like, it makes yeah. sense. But yeah. the fact that no one's tried that, you know. You know, well, maybe they will now. They've got they've got a inspiration. <laughs> that's a lifetime ban. I don't know who's willing to do that, but yeah, that's a lifetime ban for sure. Not because they're throwing lifetime fish. ban, but you'll live in infamy on the internet. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. right. Exactly right. I mean, what you did, could. What did you get banned for? Well. <laughs> yeah. She, totally worth it. You see that halibut over there? That's that's on the field. That's, that's, that, that that's was me, me, baby. That's that me, was baby. me. Yep. I put that there. All right. Well, on that note, glad glad I could bring a good one to you all. Uh, thank you, Rodrigo and Bridget. Thank you, listeners. Uh, we appreciate you all. Thank you, Nick. Uh, you guys will get a bonus episode, so check that one out as well. Talk about the union. And uh, we'll do it again next week. we got the Patreon, too. Patreon.com backslash show. I, um, I was thinking I'm going to have so much apricot stuff that patrons, if you want some apricot wine or jam or salsa or i don't know literally anything you can name because he's running out of ideas (laughs) yep yep so if you're a patron you want anything with apricots let me know we make that happen sounds like (laughs) a very very fermented summer yeah that is that is 100 what's happening all right thanks everybody ciao ciao (laughs) Thanks. <laughs>